Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Vols Deep Podcast. We're excited to be making another episode for everybody. Um, new look today, got some new microphones, some new audio equipment, so hopefully the listeners uh, appreciate it at home. We seem to be gaining some steam, uh, got a base going, got a better following going, and we appreciate all of you who, who like, comment, share. Um, it means more to us than you know. Great weekend to be a Tennessee volunteer. Oh, yeah, well, it's always great to be a Tennessee volunteer. As of right now, as of recording, we're watching Lady Vols play the Florida State Seminoles right now. So if you see a little bit of uh, excitement going on during the broadcast, just know <laughs> that we are watching the Lady Vols getting it done. That is true. Uh, we have a lot coming up for you. We have an interview with Tennessee star wide receiver Ramel Keaton. We're going to break down Tennessee's position groups, offense in the first talking point, defense in the second talking point, which position groups are, are we concerned with? Which ones are we comfortable with? Which group has more pressure on them? Um, we have start bench cut. We have Florida, Alabama, Georgia, and of course the duel. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's the Vol Daddy. I want to give a big shout out to the Fairview Union. Great musicians, local people, Chad's from my hometown. They were gracious enough to let us use their music for our podcast. Make sure you check them out. They're huge Tennessee fans. You won't be disappointed. Let's hear them play. I'm a hundred thousand, can't get louder. Gators, come and get your song. Yeah, we'll be singing a song. We're all ball, bring it on. We're all ball, bring it on. The ball Navy's getting crazy on the Tennessee. We're tailgating, just waiting for that power tea. Since July of 2021, our student-athletes have capitalized on so many NIL opportunities that have been presented to them. Those opportunities exist because of the power of Vol Nation. When you combine the most passionate fan base in the country with the city of Knoxville and our great state, you create the nation's number one NIL destination for student-athletes. There's no better place for our players to build their brands than right here at Tennessee. I encourage all of you to support and donate to Spire Sports and Our Lady Ball Booster Collective. These collectives are here to serve our student athletes the right way in our community. To get involved, please scan this QR code now. It's been an incredible fall for our program and we are just scratching the surface of what we can accomplish. Let's all do our part to ensure that Tennessee continues to lead the way in name, image, and likeness. Go Big Orange. All right, and we're back. Next, we've got the, the recap. Great weekend for Tennessee baseball. Good weekend for Tennessee softball. Um, Tennessee baseball, man, they've basically uh, basically won the ACC. Tennessee as a whole's pretty much won the ACC. I mean, baseball beats Clemson. Softball beats Clemson. Softball might, you know, beat Florida State here. Not, we're, we're hoping right now because Foot, – Football. Yep. Beat Clemson. <laughs> you know, there's no better feeling than seeing the Seminoles lose. There's, there's no better feeling in the world. Basketball, they beat North Carolina. So, give us the ACC, baby. But, um, I mean, spectacular weekend um, at Doug K. 
Kingsmore Stadium in Clemson. Um, they put a beat down on Charlotte not once but twice. The first game they put up a nice eight to one victory, and the second time they beat them nine to two. But nothing was quite as sweet for me as ruining Clemson's baseball season, just like we did their football season. Um, beating them six to five in fourteen innings. Tennessee moves on to the Supers. Uh, one thing this this team actually showed, they got hot at the right time. Yep. They, they did. That was one thing we talked about on the first podcast. Can this team get hot at the right time? See, baseball and basketball, all your all your tournament sports, that's what it is. It's all about how you do in the tournament. Regular season gets you ready for the tournament, and I think that's what we saw here today. They're, they're doing hot right now. Let's just – it's crazy to think, and I was telling someone this earlier, it's crazy to think that this year's team has a chance to go to the College World Series. Yep. But last year's team. It kind of kind of makes you think about 98 a little bit. You know, everybody, mm-hmm. you know, the Peyton's team was loaded. I mean, 98 was too, but, you know, you lose a lot and mm-hmm. then you're not expected to, you know, to do as good. But then again, Tennessee was, they was projected pretty, pretty high at the beginning, but. Throughout the season, they've not been projected to do very well. Sounds like just like the 23 football season. You yeah. Know. What an amazing game that was. Saturday oh, night. it was all, Yeah, I was on pins and needles. Um, man, I, I was in here like, oh, I'm going to get a lot done. <laughs> and all I was doing was sitting over there just on the couch, just on, on the edge, man. Oh, yeah. I was boy out after the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, it's stressful being a Tennessee fan. I have more confidence in them now, the way they've been playing. Yeah. They've cleaned a lot of stuff up here in the past few few weeks. A lot of adversity, man. You know, we're down to our – not our last out. We're down to our last strike, you know, and, and hit the home run. And then, you, I mean – Something Chase, you make movies out of. <laughs> right. Chase Burns has the bases loaded. And then Tony Vitello goes out to pull him, and Chase Burns tells Tony no. <laughs> and after the game, he was like, oh, I can't believe I've done that. And he's like, but I, I, was, get, I was getting out of that situation. That's just, that's just awesome. Um, Tennessee, two wins away from Omaha. Two, two wins. wins. You, just got, you just got to win two more games. I tell you what, we find out as of recording is a Monday night, so we find out tomorrow morning, uh, t- yep. 10 o'clock, if we're going to play Southern Miss in Knoxville or at Southern Miss. And Southern Miss is no pushover team either. They're a pretty good college baseball program. They've made some runs here in the past 10 years. And it always seems in college basketball and baseball, if you're good at football, well, you're, you're probably not that good at basketball baseball. Right. And if if you're like Cal State Fuller, Turner, Southern Miss, teams like that, they always make runs in college baseball. But it makes you feel great to be Tennessee because – we're good at all three sports. Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> Actually, four. Every, everything's cool. And it makes you wonder, you know, Ole Miss won it last year. Mississippi State's won it recently. Might have been the year before that. But is it is it Southern Miss's turn in the state of Mississippi? The old Miss. But, uh, yeah, but just a, a great job. We kind of talked about, you know, the pitching and um, – like as far as coaching goes, but great job from Tony and Frank Anderson, the pitching coach. I mean, we only used three arms in a fourteen inning battle with Clemson, and Clemson used ten arms. So that just just a phenomenal job from from the staff. I'll, great on the road, very hostile environment, fought through a ton of adversity. Um, we don't know, like we said, don't know if we're hosting yet, but we will be playing Southern Miss. 
a lot of things looking upward for Tennessee. You know, Auburn loses. That, that gives us a chance to host. So the path looks decent. Um, Tennessee softball. Good good weekend, but I, I up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, Can't be disappointed. I mean, no. Oklahoma is just a phenomenal team, but we're still in it. Yeah, you know we we dropped dropped one Oklahoma, and it was ugly. Um, I, I'm not going to make this like a negative podcast, but like not throwing your best pitcher. You know, I mean, to me, is almost like just forfeiting the game. Um, if you're if you're carrying weekly, um, I wouldn't. I, I get the strategy, but man, like the confidence and swagger with this team and how good they've been all year is just through the roof. And you basically say as a coach, like, "Hey, let's you, let's just try to beat them later." Yeah, like I'm not saying it was a smart decision. I respect it though, because. It's one of them things. It's like either way, you got to beat them twice. You have to beat them here, and then you know they're going to come back around and get in the championship game. So, might as well give them a championship game. Now, I'm, I didn't understand Did you, it. I just say you start your best pitcher, and if it starts to not go your way early, get her out. But I would, I at least started with her. Yeah, I just, I don't, I just don't like the. I mean, we're looking at it right now. Florida State. I mean, like if, I don't know. Like if we're kind of going off what, like that scenario, like we're basically just gambling that you know, like we're just going to get through everybody else. I don't know. I just don't like taking the chance of we'll just go ahead and drop one and save an arm. I don't either. Just being but, as as dominant as Oklahoma's been all season. What are they? 49, 50 straight wins. Uh, Fifty four and one on the season. Like you got to throw everything at them, no matter that's what. That's what I think too. I, I don't know. I just don't like the – I mean, it, it's kind of like, you know, just, just walking somebody on purpose, I guess. Like, you know, and, you know, I don't, I don't know. I just, it's almost just like you're kind of giving up or something. I don't know. But anyway, uh, let, let's just – I just uh, – I don't know. I think it's a bad strategy, kind of a weak mindset. But anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens, what, what, you know, what happens tonight. But Stanford and Oklahoma are on the other side of the bracket, and Tennessee's playing Florida State right now. But uh, Miami ties up the NBA Finals one to one. They'll play again on the seventh. How y'all feeling about that? I still, I'm surprised it's tied up. I thought it would honestly. I thought it'd be a sweep. But Miami, there, there's something about them, man. They, they got no pun intended. They got the magic. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> They they got that spark about them, and they're still they're still kind of a young team. Heck, most of the NBA teams are pretty young. Well, I wouldn't consider Miami too young of a no, team. No, they're in the middle they, of the pack. Jimmy Butler is not the spring bought a spring chicken out there. <laughs> no, he's in his prime. And Kevin, he is. Kevin Love is. I can't believe Kevin Love's still playing. To be honest with you, yeah. it seems like he's been in the NBA for fifteen years, and he's probably been there for ten. Mm-hmm. But. I told you last week, Miami is one of those teams. I said it at the beginning of the playoffs. Eight seed Miami has a damn good chance of making it to the NBA Finals, and here they are. They got it's just they're a stacked team. They just need to play like a team. And other teams haven't done that well going going to their place either. So, well, Miami's a tough crowd. Yeah. Like Miami's always been a tough crowd always. in the playoffs. 
So it's uh yeah, I mean it's kind of looking up for Miami. Uh, Tom Brady buys ownership into the Raiders. What are the chances he soups up when he he determines that his ownership's not going to help him? You think you think he pulls an MJ with he, the Wizards? He might he might look like Burt Reynolds out there. I, I don't. I think Tom's done. I do. I do too. Because <laughs> then you because if you come back from this, you become a meme, like you do. Yeah. Oh yeah. And. His last year, he was a shell of himself, really. Right. And I just don't think, I don't think he comes back. I think he enjoys that ownership, and that gambling lifestyle out there in L.A. or Las Vegas. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, well, we have our first main talking point of the day coming up, and we'll be right back. And we're back. We've got our first talking point of the day presented by Big Orange Concrete Pumping. For our talking points today, we're going to break down the offensive position groups in the first segment and the defensive position groups in the second talking point. Um, quarterback room. We're going to grade each, each as well. Quarterback room starter is obviously going to be Joe Milton. Um, we've talked about Joe a lot. Joe's success is in the hands of Joe. Um, Nico, I hope we don't have to see him all year, honestly, except for the cupcake games. Um, and the reason I say that is because if we don't see him, that means Joe is doing his job. Um, Gaston Moore, again, I hope we don't see this dude, but he did look really, really good in the spring. Um, it's good to know that there's there's a third that can mm-hmm. you know that can get you always better. you can't just go into a season with two quarterbacks, right? You can't because you know things happen and then if that thing does happen you've got to be prepared yeah so it, and and i know it's just the spring game but like it's just it's just nice to know he's there and then coming in fourth on the depth chart is going to be navy Schuler, not being a dick great kid love his dad but more than likely he's not he's not going to see the field except you know like the homecoming game or something um so what class is he in a red shirt junior okay um, my biggest fear personally, as far as this position group is Joe, is Joe like kind of, you know, getting by and then us going down to Gainesville, then Joe fails and we've got to introduce Nico in that environment. That's what I said on the first podcast. I feel like we will know by Florida yeah. who our quarterback is. And I have confidence in Joe, full confidence in Joe. It's nice to have three deep on quarterbacks, though. Gaston Moore, he does look good. Yeah, yeah, he, he looks solid. Um, all right, grades. I'm I'm going to go with A with the quarterback room. I'm going with A plus. I'm going with A plus. I like it. I, I'm, I'm, I, I mean, I'm super excited about Nico. If if we do if we do have to see him, I think he's going to be just fine. I'm going to go with an A two, okay. just because the quarterback depth is there. 
right. something was to happen, we got somebody right behind in the position we need to go. And if, Lord forbid, two goes down, right. we got a third string. So we're not going to be like, we don't have to be like all up in arms like in the past, like, you remember some of them years we lost our quarterback. It was just like, oh yeah, our season's done right here. Right, we we don't have to look at it like that now. Yeah, it's a uh... question. Is do we pl- end up playing all three this year at some point? Yeah, we'll have some cupcake games. Let everybody get a turn. It'll be like a, a doorknob. You know, everybody gets everybody gets a turn <laughs> at it. Yeah, I, th- I think we'll see. You know, like some games, I think we will. Um, I, I hope we don't. But let's be honest here. It's it's very rare that an SEC quarterback makes it through a whole season without getting hurt at some point. It's tough. It's I tough. Mean, you better knock on wood right now. The SEC is not, so I tough. Not too loud, but it's, it's it's tough. All right, next we're gonna go to the running backs. Um, man, I'm fired up about the running backs. Jabari Small obviously needs no introduction. He played with a torn labrum for like three quarters of the year last year. He's had surgery. He's gonna be back better than ever. Then you've got Jalen Wright, great year last year, dominated, you know, some games. He did lead the team in rushing yards, had a little bit of fumble problems, but that seemed to work its way out, you know, towards the end of the year. Then you've got Dylan Sampson, and Dylan Sampson's not taking a back seat to Jabari Small or Jalen Wright. He's elite. Um, He hits the hole extremely hard, and he's going to be huge for Tennessee again this year. Um then you go into Cam Selden, highly touted recruit. He can play literally anywhere on the field. People are nonstop comparing him to Debo Samuel and Cordero Patterson. Um, he looked great in the spring. Then you've got Deshaun Bishop from Carnes, two-time Mr. Football. Highly touted, but, you know, did, didn't really get a lot of, you know, looks as a recruit. But he looked amazing in the spring. I mean, to me, he looked like the best running back on the field a lot of times. But um, he he deserves to be on the field somewhere. I'm fired up about this running back room. It's a solid one. It really is from top to bottom. Hey, when you got Mr. Football in the state of Tennessee is what, your fourth? Yeah, on fourth, the, fifth. Fourth, yeah. fifth on the list? That means you're doing something pretty good. Yeah. Um, we're we're loaded. I don't think we've been this loaded running back since like the early 2000s. <laughs> uh. Definitely. I mean, yeah. the depth is there. Let me throw some statistics at you. Bring it on, brother. Jabari Small last year, 734 yards, 13 touchdowns. Uh, Jalen Wright, 875 yards, 10 touchdowns. Dylan Sampson, 397 yards, 6 touchdowns. Yeah. That's just crazy. Like, yeah. you remember where Tennessee running game was? I mean, we've had some damn good running backs the past few years. Right. But to produce that – kind of numbers i mean that that's that's like 1800 yards right tennessee runs the ball a lot everybody just thinks air raid you know just because of how much we score but we run the ball well also our offense nowadays though is whole lot different too you yeah got, you got to think i mean it's no more of run up the middle run up the middle right do a slant pass played you out and good luck you know and um, you don't know what we're going to throw at you, honestly. My my only fear about the running back room is losing one to the portal. <laughs> I mean, and that's that's a good problem to have. That that's uh, it's very possible because yeah. everybody's going to want the chance, and everybody wants that chance to go to the NFL. Good thing about a good uh, 
when you have such good offense like that and you've got good running backs, once you start running the ball in, you can suck the defense inside. And then yeah. once they're sucked inside, that's when you can spread it out. And then we know how we like it when it's spread out. So then it's just a versatile offense. Yeah, it's uh, everybody wants to talk about you know running back duos. I mean, we're talking about uh, we're talking about trios, and I don't even know what what four is quad <laughs> quadruplios or something, you know. But quadrios. Yeah, I'm I'm giving the running back room an A plus. Uh, I'm fired up about them. Um, what about you? A plus. A plus. A I plus. mean, I like it. And next, we're gonna get into wide receivers. Brew McCoy. Ramel Keaton, Squirrel White, all returning, who played, you know, very often last season. Then you've got you've got Caleb Webb. He made an awesome catch in the Orange and White game. Fired a lot of fans up. Hearing a lot of buzz about him. Um, you got Chaz Nimrod, who's who's also you know very young. And then we bring in Dante Thornton from Oregon, massive get for Tennessee. A lot of people think he's going to be a one and done. That's how good he is. Um, He's been rumored to be – I mean, he's like 6'5", 205. And he's been rumored to be just as fast as Jalen Hyatt. So, a huge receiver. Um, and last but not least, Nathan Laycock, big-time recruit who, in my opinion, will make some noise. True freshman. Um, losing Hyatt and Tillman, obviously. Quarterback play is going to matter tremendously for this group. But I'm going to give him an A. Yeah. I give him – I give him an A minus, just because one can't give everybody an A plus or why not? I can't. You, you got to have some versatility here, bro. <laughs> but um, we got the three returning guys and then these new guys. We, we just got to see what the young guys do whenever their numbers call. Tell you what, Squall White and Joe Milton, it's damn good together. It's like they've always played together. Yeah, I mean, you just throw it up and Squirrel's gonna get it, man. Yeah, deep balls too. I mean, let's say Joe is overthrown. I don't know that you can overthrow Squirrel lot. I think Joe could find a way. Joe could probably find a way. All right, so next we've got the tight end room. Um, who can replace Princeton Fant is my biggest question for the tight ends. Um, Jacob Warren comes back, massive leadership, playmaker at times, just solid. Um, he, he knows the standard. He knows what the expectations are. McAllen Castles, huge. I think he's like six eight or something in in that you know area. Just a huge individual, a lot of experience, a transfer, and I think he's going to be a big part for us. And then you've got Ethan Davis, true freshman, huge recruit. Everybody in the country wanted this good, wanted this dude. Um, but my biggest question is who can replace Princeton fan? Who li he literally done it all. Next man up. I got Jacob Warren. When the roll is called up yonder, you better be there, buddy. Uh, Jacob Warren is uh, fast, versatile. Had that big play against Florida. He's going to do some big things for us this year. My biggest reason for asking that is just like you can just you could line Princeton fan up anywhere. You know, like just like the label put him in at fullback. Um, like are they going to be able to do that with somebody else? Just I mean, Princeton fan come in as a running back. Mm -hmm. So, I didn't room a B minus. Spanky? Uh, I'll give – you know what? I'll be gracious to him. I'll give him a solid B, solid middle of the pack B. I'll give him a B, too. All right. And then we're going to get into the offensive line. 
a lot of good players, man. We brought in some really good transfers and recruits. Hard to replace Jerome Carvin. Impossible to replace Darnell Wright. If you look, you know, I, I love our depth at center with Cooper Mays, Addison Nichols, Parker Ball. Um, Cooper does a great job of controlling the offensive line. I have no issues at right guard. Javante Spragans, the zookeeper, uh, he, he's great. Jackson Lampley behind him makes me comfortable. Um, I'm comfortable at left guard with Andre Carrick, Addison Nichols, and Ollie Lane. And I'm comfortable at left tackle with Jeremiah Crawford and Jer Gerald Mincy, you know, kind of taking over what they started last year. The big question for me is right tackle. Um, who Who's going to replace Darnell Wright? And not that I, you know, Will Anderson's gone, but who's going to be able to, like, he, he he just dismantled Will Anderson, you know. And so who, who's going to, on the right tackle, who's going to be able to, to you know, just just handle the, the defensive best players? And that, that's a big question for me. Um, big John Campbell, Dane Davis, Larry Johnson the third is who they've got listed at right tackle. I think they'll be fine, but overall, this is my biggest question mark, my biggest concern for the offense. Yeah, I like like you said, so many key pieces leaving that old line. And offensive line, it's one of them deals. It's you not only got to have five good hogs up front, but you got to have a couple in your arsenal. Right. Because people can say all they want. I do believe offensive line is the most injured players on field and one coming from an offensive lineman it's where the playmakers are like miles penny people can get upset with me over this games are one loss on the offensive line yeah that's where there's a reason they're called line men because they're men they're down there getting <laughs> nasty it's the only position on the field where you are literally hitting somebody every single play you got to think how many plays are in a football game maybe on offense you might have what 100 150, something like that, you are hitting another man 150 times a day. You got to think of that. That And comes that, comes injuries. Your body can't take that abuse all the time. That's why you got to have guys who can step up, not just play a certain position, but can play any position on that offensive line. Corbin? I think with uh, just three returning starters, it's going to be – it's going to be a uh, learning process for them with uh, being an air raid offense and the whole yop offense. But we condition our boys to adapt to that. So I'm going to give them a C plus, and I'm just going to give them that just to give them room for improvement and to impress me and throughout the season. Maybe they impress me enough and I can move them up to a B or A. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, you know, making a massive deal out of losing Darnell Wright and Carvin, and that, that's totally fair. Um, I personally think the offensive line is going to be all right. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with the with the B minus, um, like kind of kind of like you said, Corbin. They they just got a lot to prove, and I think they're going to feed off that though. You know, I think it's going to it's going to drive them, in my opinion. What are you going to grade them, big spank daddy? Uh, I'm going to give them a um, B minus as well. B minus. Today presented by Big Orange Concrete Pumping. We've got our commercials, and we'll be right back. Whoop. Big Orange Concrete Pumping. They can accommodate any residential or commercial concrete project that you may have in mind. 
They have one of the biggest line pumps in the state. They take a lot of pride in their work, and they're waiting on your phone call today. Their number is 865-371-3367. Whether you're pumping noise in Neyland or pumping concrete, make sure you roll with the Big Orange. That's Big Orange Concrete Pumping, 865-371-3367. Hey y'all, it's the Vol Daddy. We're doing a huge giveaway for the season opener in Nashville versus Virginia. A pair of tickets, four rows off the field. All you have to do is join up for the Volunteer Club. You should already be a member, but here's your chance to join and win some tickets at the same time. The higher membership you get, the more entries you're going to get to win the tickets. Refer a friend, I'll double your chances to win. We will do the giveaway live on our show. Remember, you have to use my link. Screenshot that QR code or get on my Facebook, my TikTok, my Instagram, whatever. Join today. Go Vols. Art Bench Cut presented by Maxed Out Gym. How this works is I'll give five questions and then um, we've got to pick who we would start, which would be our first answer and then... Softball games got me distracted. And then uh, then we're going to bench our second answer and cut the third or last. So question number one, which Tennessee player drafted in the 2023 draft class will have the best NFL career? Hendon Hooker, Darnell Wright, or Jalen Hyatt? I'm going to go with Wright to start. Because like you said, NFL offensive lineman, most times if you're really good – you you got your long career. Like right. you don't you don't see a lot of guys. You don't see an all whole lot of offensive linemen moving around. Uh, I think he'll have a solid NFL. I think I hope all these guys have great NFL careers. But just the game we're playing here. Next, I'm gonna go Jalen Hyatt because I feel like he has a chance to start and make a difference early, very early. And last but not least, is Hendon Hooker. Like I said, I think he could have a good NFL career, just not right now because. Detroit, they have their quarterback right now, uh, Jared Goff, and Hooker's just got to wait his turn by his time. Corbin? I sit here. Okay. I'm going to start Jalen Hyatt. I've heard some good things. Oh, wow. Okay. I've already heard some good things, read some good things on him and Daniel Jones. Been practicing every day, like hardcore. Apparently, the Giants are really, really behind him. But I've heard some optimistic things from – some Giants coaching staff about him, but I got full confidence he's going to succeed in the NFL. As for bench, don't know what. Kind of surprising. I just – offensive line lineman in the NFL, it's a whole different game. I think he's going to play a few years, be very successful for a few years, but eventually the injuries will rack up and he'll have a shorter career than what we think he will compared to what Hooker could have or Hyatt could have. As for cut, I hate to say it, but Hennon Hooker, and I just say that because he's with he's with Detroit, and he's a backup, and Detroit's like a death sentence for any player that goes to him. <laughs> hey, they they at, got look, some potential with Dave Campbell. I, look, look. I do like Campbell. They got potential. Matthew Stafford was there for how long and left won a Super Bowl. I mean, and Detroit, Detroit hasn't won a playoff game. Since like 1991. You ever saw the TV show Home Improvement with Tim Allen? Mm-hmm. How he used to wear that Detroit Lions all the time? Yeah. He's still waiting for a damn Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, actually, he's still waiting for a playoff win. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to start Darnell Wright. I think he's going to be 
Trey Smith like in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think he's just he's going to be great. Um, this hurts my soul to decide between these two, and this is pure gut feeling. This is no like no personal feelings, but mm-hmm. I want to bench Hendon Hooker. I just feel I just got a gut feeling that Hendo Cinco is going to just be a re, just be so relevant in the NFL. I don't, I don't know why it's a gut feeling. I think Jalen Hyatt is going to be very good as well, and it hurts my soul to cut Jalen, but that's just that's my gut feeling. I'll tell you what, if he can get out of Detroit, I'm just saying if he can get out of Detroit, he'll be okay. Well, yeah, the worst thing about it is is when you're a very good college quarterback and you go to one of these shitty-ass NFL teams like the Jaguars, the Lions, them teams are just set up for failure. Right. And whenever you fail at them teams, then everybody looks at you for the rest of your NFL, NFL career is just – well, he's not our guy. We he's the third string, and your career is pretty much dead. How many careers have been killed going right. to Jacksonville <laughs> and all these places? Oh, I mean, you're right. I mean, a lot, a lot of everything is opportunity. Um, so, so you're right. I mean, about that, I just it just like I sat there and I just kind of thought and thought that's just pure gut feeling for me. All right, question number two: Which Tennessee defensive football transfer? will impact the team the most this upcoming season. Keenan Peely, Omar Norman Lott, or Gabriel, Judy Lolly. You know what? Tonight I'm going to give it to my main man Corbin here. I'll let him go first. Not, I'll share the love. All right. I'm going to start Gabriel. Okay. I'm going to bench Omar. No, I'm going to bench Keenan, and then I'm going to cut Omoa. Okay. And I'd say the full names, but. Oh, you're good. Dude. I, that's, that's it's a, good, that's a lot to say right there. That's some good transfer names right there. Mm-hmm. Spanky? I'm going to go with uh, Stark Gabriel. I'm going to bench Keenan. I'm going to cut Omar. All right, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna start Keenan. Um, I think he fills that gap, that Jeremy Banks gap for us very well. Uh, I'm gonna bench Gabriel Judy Lolly. Um, he's very experienced in the secondary, and that's exactly what we need. And um, I'm gonna cut Omar Norman Law. I do believe he's gonna be. He's gonna be just fine. But that's my order, and it kind of, kind of goes in the order of our needs. Question number three, which Tennessee offensive transfer will impact the team the most this upcoming season? John Campbell, Dante Thornton, or Andre Carrick? I'm gonna go I think John Campbell. That's what I'm gonna start with first. Uh, I think he'll help us out a lot. Then I, I think all these guys will help us out. But then uh Thornton, I'm gonna go with the bench and then the cut, I'm gonna go with uh Andre. Um I like the name, you know, Andre Giant. But uh, but yeah, that's who I hope all these guys do well. But you know, we gotta play this game for our lovely sponsors at Maxed Out Gym. Corbin, uh, I'm between starting on John and Deontay. I've heard some, uh, well, I've heard some really good things about them so far. So I've got some confidence coming in with them. I'm gonna start Dante, gonna bench John. And I don't know too much about Andre. I'll be honest with you. Andre is the uh, the Texas the transfer. Gotcha. 
Yeah, he's, uh, that, I did hear that he kind of struggles. Um, not struck, but his, you know, his downfall is pass blocking, but he's a really good run blocker. Um, I'm going to start John Campbell as well. Um, a lot of noise about him replacing Darnell Wright. I think that's going to motivate him. Um, I think he's going to do just fine. I'm going to bench Dante Thornton. I think he's going to be huge for, for Tennessee, huge for the receivers, huge for the offense. But we're already loaded at receiver as well, so I don't know how many reps he's actually going to get. And Andre Carrick, I'm going to I'm going to cut him. Um, I do believe that that we see him starting at left guard though. Which position, you know, is your biggest concern for Tennessee this season? Defensive backs, quarterbacks, offensive line. Start. I'm most concerned with the defensive backs. It reminds me number one for me. Um, then another concern, offensive line, like we've talked about earlier, just the depth-wise there. And lastly, quarterbacks. I think we got an idea on quarterback play right now. So that that'd be really mine. Defense is always going to be a wonder. Don't matter if it's defensive backs, DB, uh, D-line, linebackers, all that. Start uh, the offensive line just because, like I said earlier, I gave them a C-plus earlier, I think is what I gave them. And uh, – Three returning starters, got a lot to improve on. I think we'll be okay. I think they're going to be well-conditioned. It's just the offensive line is like one of the key things for Tennessee football. And as long as uh, they're blocking and we're running through the gap and quarterback's being protected and the season goes on, they, they make improvements, I'll be happy. As for bench... Um, defensive backs, but I will say we do have one in Jordan Matthews. Yeah, and I was gonna save this for down there, but Jordan Matthews, I I was reading an article about him the other day, and he's supposed to be like the number one guy for us. Oh, he he, he, he yeah, he's very popular right now. I read he had like four blocked. PATs also like that oh, just really? <laughs> yeah that just blew my mind I was like what the heck and apparently he's like a soccer athlete too okay so that blew my mind as well <laughs> cutting the quarterbacks and yeah cutting quarter I got I got confidence in the whole quarterback system I ain't I do too I ain't got a problem with the quarterback system at all I've got the same the same order um, just offensive line's got a lot to prove. Defensive backs, you know, you kind of know what you're getting there because the only one that we lost was Trayvon Flowers. Um, so so we're bringing everyone back, plus all the transfers we brought in, plus all the recruits we brought in. Obviously, the position is a big concern after last year and what happened. But to me, um, benching defensive backs and then cutting quarterbacks, um, I, I'm not worried about the quarterback position at all. All right, who is the best professional wrestler of all time? Stone Cold, Steve Austin, The Undertaker, or Ric Flair? Well, this one, you got some of the top names there, but you got to go with Start. The 16-time world heavyweight champion, limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, will and dealing, son of a gun, the nature Woo! boy, Ric Flair. Give me two claps of Ric Flair. 
Um, you didn't woo. I don't. You gotta say it. But um, next, the man that sent wrestling to the heights that it's at right now. The reason wrestling, I believe, is on the map. Uh, wrestling got on the map. Hulk Hogan died for a few years, but he's the one resurrected it. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and then um, last but not least, the Undertaker, locker room leader, wrestled in the WWE for thirty years. He um, there, there's not much else to say about the Undertaker that ain't been said. He he's done it all in this business. <sighs> I ain't got Shawn Michaels on this list. I ain't got Goldberg either. He would Goldberg. Oh my god, he would destroy anyone. Yeah, until someone actually had a professional wrestling match with him and not just a five minute match like that's all he that's all he needs yeah well terrible <laughs> that's all he needs the spear the jackhammer go punch some windows out yeah. undefeated until until Kevin, uh, yeah yeah until he got them tasered yeah, yeah. <sighs> i guess i'll have to uh we ain't got no sean michaels that's just so disappointing <laughs> uh I guess. You know, uh, Shawn Michaels and uh, Triple H, they never saw a lot of. Yeah, I guess he got the laziest. That's a good one. That's never a good saw one. A lot of. If I was ever like face to face with Shawn Michaels, I'd be like, who's he looking at? <laughs> <laughs> Here's me being banned from one the One time shows. I heard uh, him and Triple H had a, a basketball uh, game. They had to pick their teams, and Triple H picked a guy, came over there, Shawn Michaels. I uh, said, I pick you, and four guys came over there, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll start. Uh, you have to start. Well, I'm going to start Stone Cold. I mean, Attitude Era, he's – you don't see many – you go out in public, you see Stone Cold shoots all the time. You don't ever see Ric Flair shoots. Because they're wooing. Because they're wooing. Maybe. Anytime you hear the woo, you think of Ric Flair. Ric Flair That's because I'm drunk in the stands. I'm like, I'm going to yell back at that guy. <laughs> Ric Flair transcended sports. Every athlete nowadays, they replicate Ric Flair with the style, with the trash talk, with the women. Not many people can wrestle all night long and party all night long and, heck, make love all night long. Like he was nature a- boy Ric Flair. Yeah, but he only had like eleven years in WWE. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because look, the WWE. Yes, I get it's the cream of the crop, but back then it wasn't. You had Jim Crocker Promotions where they were wrestling every single night, sometimes twice a night. He there, he is the sixteen-time world champion for a reason. And people can say all they want. Well, he had the same match over Is he really a 16-time world champion? He's probably a 21-time world champion, but that's what they... Woo! He is the man. To be the man, you got to beat the man. Well, Stone Cold's getting my story. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bench Ric Flair. And we got to cut... Cut and Taker. And got to cut... cut main Mark Got to cut Undertaker. I mean, he was there for 30 years, and he done everything... But he was never the guy the whole time. He was always the SmackDown guy is what I'd put him, what I grew up with. He was never the guy on Monday Night Wall. He was the guy you feared, though. He, he, he The Undertaker, in Tennessee terms, is Al Wilson. Everybody. He never scared me. Kane is who scared me. Everybody oh, really? feared that man. 
Kane, Kane was scary as a kid. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start Ric Flair as well. The woos, the promos, just the outfits, the women. You gotta go Ric Flair. Just I mean, and I'm not a wrestling expert, so my opinion's literally like trash. But anyway, I'm gonna bench Stone Cold. Um he was just the face of the WWE forever. Transgendered? Yeah. Transcended. Transcended. Transgendered. That's a different topic, buddy. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, just like the Vince McMahon stuff, that was always hilarious with me. Um, that's, That's the type of stuff that I used to like. Undertaker, awesome. Not taking nothing away from him. I just never was like a huge fan of him. I don't know why. I just wasn't. So, um, all right. That was our uh, start bench cut segment presented by Maxed Out Gym. We'll hit a commercial and we'll be right back. Maxed Out Gym is hands down the best gym in East Tennessee. Located in Oak Ridge, locally owned and operated by Ryan Carson. Listen, this gym is not your normal big chain gym. 24 7 access, child care, nutrition plans, private training rooms and their personal trainers are truly first class. We're not talking about John Doe across the street who spent a few hours taking an online course and then printed his certificate. They offer the best classes in the area and even host big time powerlifting competitions. For my powerlifters, you have to experience the back room. There's no words to describe it, you just have to experience it. That's Maxed Out Gym. If you're having second thoughts about changing gyms, canceling that membership, going through the hassle, I know you've seen the picture of me and Coach Hopple together when I got to show him his face on my leg. Have you seen the thunder thighs on the vol, Daddy? You don't get thighs like that by not going to Maxed Out Gym. It's time to throw away the Gold's membership Throw away the Planet Fitness membership. Throw away the National Fitness membership. And it's time to join Maxed Out Gym. Check them out on Facebook right now. And we're back. We've got our second talking point of the day presented by Trident HydroClean. In the first segment, we broke down the offensive depth chart. In this segment, we're going to break down the defense and special teams. Defensive line is where we're going to start. Solid across the board. It sucks that we lost a John Terry. But the problem with the defensive line here is the rotation. Coach Gardner likes to rotate 10 to 12 guys consistently. And, I mean, he has to because of our offense. When you score in 45 seconds, um, <laughs> you've got you to be able to play a lot of people on the defensive line. So that makes it really tough for me. It's not that we're not super talented. It's not that we don't have really good players. It's just, you know, how, how deep are we really? Omari Thomas, Bryson Eason, Omar Norman Lott to transfer. Elijah Simmons, man, it's time for Elijah Simmons to step up. I, I like the dude, but it's time. Um, you've got Omari McNeil. He looks good. Keep an eye on the true freshman, Davion Hobbs. Everybody's fired up about Davion Hobbs. At defensive ends, we're looking at Tyler Barron. Pretty solid career so far with Tennessee. Um, do need more consistency out of him. Dominic Bailey, Tyree West had great springs. Roman Harrison, he's primed at the Leo spot, been there forever. Then you've got James Pierce. You've got Joshua Josephs. Both had great freshman seasons. And you've got true freshman Caleb Herring, another 
top, you know, touted recruit, um, number one player out of the state of Tennessee. Um, he's going to make a big bang. And for me, it's just all about depth. So, um, you know, how, how deep does Coach Gardner have to go? I hope we're very well conditioned You because you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Offense scores in 45 seconds. they got to be ready to go. Right. But we're, I think we're ranked to what, 11th in the nation uh, right now for defense line this coming season. So, we definitely got the players there. Right. A little young, but, I mean, the, the players are there. I, th- I do think that uh, they will bring it in the big-time games when we need them the most. I think they're going to step up and perform. I think, too, like if our secondary is better and we're not having to – like the defensive line the last two have had a lot of pressure on them because basically like if we're not getting pressure on the quarterback, they're going to be completing passes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, that, that that's obviously a, a big talking point as well. Yeah. Well, like you said last year, you got to go back with uh, – when they when other teams got going and we got wore out real quick, yeah, it, it, it was like they just moving down the field. Right, we got to be able to stop them. They got to be able to stop some guys because yeah, I get our offense scores quick, and you know it, it's a blessing and a curse. It's two side mirror, um, but defense you you got to stop some guys. You do, and defensive line you you can't let the quarterback have more than two to three seconds. You you got to get him. Got to get them. Um, I'm gonna give a. I'm gonna give the defensive line a B minus overall. That that's just because. Oh yeah. That's just because of depth. Um, you know, not not talent. Just just how you know how much talent do we have when we're we're at the tenth or twelfth guy. And I'll give them a B minus too, just because I forgot to uh, <laughs> give them a B or an A oh, or whatever. You're fine. <laughs> I give. Him, I'm gonna give him a C plus first day of the night. Like we we got to get until until you can prove that we can get off the field D line. You're the first guys up there. We gotta make tackles. You know, I actually switch. I'll go with you. Just like offense. Well, like I said, with the offensive line, got to be able to prove what we got first. No, it's an out right there. All right. So the defensive line Sorry, is watching is average. Um, oh. According to Spanky and Corbin, and I've got them at a B minus. Linebackers, um, Aaron Beasley may be the he may be the biggest or best transition I've ever seen in my lifetime for a Tennessee linebacker. Um, man, this guy has brought he he's brought it, man. He, he's worked, he's developed. I mean, he's he's got the potential, in my opinion, to be the best linebacker in the SEC. Aja Herring, he had a great freshman year, and this dude has put on some serious size. Um, I look for Herring to be rocking some heads come September. And then you've got Arion Carter. Um, he's been taking snaps with the first team since, like, day one. Uh, true freshman, amazing talent. I like Caleb Perry a lot at, at linebacker. Um, I like true freshman Jeremiah T. Lander. He's very underrated. Jalen Smith, you've got the veteran Garland. We are absolutely loaded at linebacker, um, but we're very young. And and for us being very young at linebacker, I'm going to go with a B. B. Okay. Aaron Beasley, really good playmaker. He's going to be a beast this year. Really good in pass coverage too. But uh, what about Keenan Peely, the transfer from yep. uh, BYU? 
Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna have to step in and um, you know and replace the the Jeremy Banks and the Juwan Mitchell. I hear. I don't watch much BYU football, so I don't know. Sorry to all the BYU fans out there. <laughs> I doubt any of them are listening to, to us. <laughs> no, no. But he he was good at BYU. Um, he was very good. I, you know, we kind of mentioned him in our our start bench cut, but. Dude. I think he was like a two or three time captain, um, leading tackler. I mean, he, he's very, very good. Do BYU fans have computers anyway? I'm, I'm not sure if Mormons are allowed to. I don't know to, to have that. Are they like the Amish or something? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not looking too much into them. Um, so, what, what kind of grade are you giving them, Corbin? I'm going to give them a B plus, just from what you said. You named it all off, and. Uh, I got a lot of confidence in them this year. We'll just see what they got. Spanky? Uh, yeah, replacing guys like Banks and the other linebackers we lost. It It's going to be tough to replace all that. Um, ah. I'm going to go with a B minus. Okay. B minus. Then a defensive back, like I said earlier, we return literally – Everyone at defensive back besides safety, Trayvon Flowers, we're deep, man. We are extremely deep at defensive back. Um, we don't, we're not going to have any more walk-ons, you know, playing against Alabama. <laughs> and nothing against the walk-ons. They obviously got the job done. Um, but we just we need the depth so bad in, in the secondary, and, and we've got it now. Um, you add in that Gabe Judy Lolly. You've got Deshaun Rucker coming back. Um Warren Burrell, he he got hurt against Pitt last year and was probably, honestly, our best cornerback last year, and he got hurt just immediately. Kamal Haddon, beside South Carolina, looked really, really good. Brandon Turnage, Christian Harrison, and then you got the freshman, Christian Conyer, Ricky Gibson, and then Jordan Matthews. We're, we're just absolutely loaded at defensive back. Um, then, like, at the star positions and stuff, you know, you've got Tamara – to Marion McDonald, Wesley Walker, Andre Turrentine at safety. You've got Danico Slaughter. He's back. Jordan Thomas. He's back. Cam Miller is a big-time player. John Slaughter, true freshman. Um, and then you've got the leader, the tank, Jalen McCullough. He's coming back. Christian Charles, Jordan Matthews. You've got Jack White, Light, and Latrell. So defensive backs, man, we are absolutely loaded at that position. We are loaded at the position. Uh, what's going to be, though, is uh, we're going to have to defend against Alabama, Florida, Georgia. And these are right. gonna, these going to be some tough quarterbacks to defend against. Not, well, I wouldn't throw Florida in there. but well, it, Even though, I mean, Florida is still Florida. When they, right. play, when they play us, it's going to be like oh, – yeah. A whole new like a whole new season for them, just because it's Tennessee versus Florida. But it's definitely they definitely gonna step up with a lot of big games this year and um, got some good competition to play against. Thank you. Like I said, DBs they worried me the most, um, and like was was talked about with everybody else here. Yeah, there was a bunch of walk-ons last year, and we got we get them all back this year. I want them to do good. I really do. Just got we just got pro. I'm gonna go with a B minus for them. I'm gonna go with the I'm going with a C for the defensive backs. Um, just like we're deep, but at the same time we're super. Let me ask this: 
about the defensive backs. We've got a ton of veterans, a ton of freshmen. All right, and the freshmen are good. It's not. I mean, we pretty much handpicked them. It's not like that. We just, you know, got got leftovers or something. If you get bad results, either way, do you say fuck it and do you just go young and just just let them play? Or do, or do you stick with the veterans? I always have... This is my philosophy. If you have a young player who is at the same level as an older player, you start and you play that young player night and day because it helps you in the long run. It really does. I agree with Spanky. I mean, whoever's playing the best, you got to play. Whether you're young, a veteran... It doesn't matter. You're going to have to have results at that very time. Yeah, I agree with that as well. I mean, we've already – I mean, I, I don't think it's going to get to that point. I just wanted to – it was just kind of a random random question to ask. But um, next we've got special teams. Um, position groups at Tennessee Media, you know, really not talking about that much. But you lose your punter, Paxton Brooks. Um didn't didn't really see much because in this offense it's a sin to punt, but Paxton was solid when he's on the field. Um, so you're replacing Paxton Brooks with Jackson Ross. Jackson Ross comes from Australia, so if I was guessing, he's going to be very very good kicking a football. Um, Got that soccer winning. That soccer, yeah. And then hopefully we don't see him any ever. Um, and then you've got Chase McGrath, obviously, getting replaced. Um, great career here at Tennessee. We brought in Charles Campbell, a transfer from Indiana. He's actually originally from Jackson, Tennessee. He's actually, and also he was a Mr. Football finalist in the state of Tennessee. That's impressive for a kicker. For, yeah. Um, 76% um, field goal rate at Indiana. He was 100% on PATs. And he's five of seven beyond 50 yards. So I, th- I think we'll be okay there um, re- replacing Chase McGrath. Long snapping. You've got Matthew Solansky. He's been here for a while now, so we're fine. Part returner, D. Williams. He's been highlighted by multiple outlets for being the best returner in the country this coming season. Then you've got Squirrel, Squirrel White returning, um, you know, kicks as well. We all know what Squirrel can do. Um I'm confident in Coach Eckler and his special teams. I think we're going to be all right. I think we will, too. we got Charles Campbell from Indiana. Uh, I already know who he is because I remember watching him play a few games last year. Oh, okay. And uh, he can kick beyond 50 yards. Okay. I will say that. He, uh, I want to say he holds either a Big Ten record or come close to a Big Ten. I know he's got the Outback record, Outback okay. Bowl record. He set it last year for, like, the longest – Outback bowl kick in history or something like 54 yards or something. Uh, I will say, D. Williams, punt returner. Yeah, he's he's electric, man. He is got 15 punt returns last year for an average of 18 yards. The, uh, he, if the, you, the if Vanderbilt you, was good too, where he acted like he was hurt, and then he is that when he celebrated? Yeah, when he done that little that little dance. <laughs> he uh, shimmy. He's very quick and can find the hole on the field. Uh, oh, I'm going to give special teams 
And hey, and hey just I because like I know that Indiana kicker, and like you said, he's perfect on PATs, and yeah. he he's played in some high, high hostile environments up there. So I got some pretty good confidence in him. Um, I want to give them a a minus. Had a had a transfer punter lead the program this offseason, Kobe Morgan from Oneida. Um, got to play a little bit the past couple of years, uh, but he's actually committed to Marshall. Um, but no, I think Coach Eckler he'll have his guys rocking and rolling, have their mindset. See, that's the one thing about special teams. It's majority of it's mindset with these with the kit punters and kickers and everything like yeah you got to be able to kick it but then you got to have your head on straight and i think coach echo will have his guy's head on straight yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go with uh with a b plus for for special teams um super important i mean general neyland's maxim here where the breaks are made so i mean it's a lot of people will kind of overlook it but man i mean how many games are won and lost there but that's our second talking point, and we thank Trident HydroClean very much for, for sponsoring that segment, and we'll be right back. We've got the duel coming up next. Trident HydroClean, your exterior home cleaning professionals, house, roof, driveway, concrete, gutters, and much more. Trident HydroClean, 865-363-8815. They've been in business for five years, and they have a five-star Google rating and a five-star Facebook rating. Call Jacob today. Give your house, driveway, and or patio the care it deserves. 100% satisfaction guarantee. See the difference between a professional and amateur cleaning. That's 865-363-8815. Megan's Cleaning Services is here to meet all of your home cleaning needs. From a basic clean to a deep clean, from a one-time clean to a bi-weekly clean, Megan's Cleaning Service is here for you. We provide residential, commercial, and rental cleanings for the best prices. Serving Knox, Anderson, Scott, Roan, and Morgan counties, give me a like on my Facebook page. My phone number is 423-539-7266. Again, that's Megan's Cleaning Services at 423-539-7266. Thank you. We're back. We've got The Duel, presented by Premier Excavation. The Spank and Corbin will battle it out over a few tough questions. And the winner not only gets bragging rights, but they get the Walmart belt because ours is still getting made. Make my day. Oh, I'll kiss your boots if you can do it. But to be the man, you gotta beat the man. This is Sparta! All right. Question number one. Which former Tennessee player deserves an ESPN 30 for 30 filmed on them? We got Richie White on the way, the Reverend. Um, Everybody, even this clown here, He's going to say Peyton Manning. Everybody's going to say Peyton Manning. And look, Peyton Manning is a go. But I want to go with a different one. I know his story's been told a bunch of times, but I think 30 for 30 could do a really, a really tremendous job with it. And I think that's Icky Johnson. Uh, the story of his come up, his uh, tragedy, and then how he's making his life better again, um, I, I think it could be an amazing story. 
I can't disagree with that. I mean, honestly. But Eric Berry. Eric Berry, that's a good one. Okay. One of the greatest safeties in history, Tennessee. And Big what an answer. What a what an NFL career he went on to have. Got uh Lithomia, is that what it was? Not sure on the cancer. Some sort of cancer. I think it was that type. And then made that comeback. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what you make movies out of right there. He also was just 14 yards away from having the interception with Tony Yards record in NCAA football. I did not know that. Really? Yep. Uh, I'll go with over because I got him 11-1. I got him losing. Um, the one game, um, yeah, I got him over. You don't sound very confident in this. Look, okay, it's Tennessee football. I get it. We, uh, we've been keen to false hope many years, okay? We, we got to stay humble. You know, I ain't humble because I'm perfect, but we got to stay humble. You know what we're going to go? We're going over. Because we're going undefeated, even, and we're going to win us a national championship. I love fifteen it. and zero. Do you want to play some money on that? <laughs> I will. What are we betting? Hundred bucks. Hundred bucks. Hundred bucks. It's on camera. Hundred bucks. Hundred bucks. Ranked coach Philip Fulmer versus the previous coaches at the University of Tennessee. I'm going to go with Fulmer as a solid two. Uh, you can't beat the man that the stadium's named after. That should be synonymous right there. Uh, I, it goes Robert Nealon, Phil Fulmer, and Johnny Majors. Then three in order. Um, Fulmer did a lot of great things. He was there for Tennessee a while. The ending was not the Cinderella one, but I'm going to go with the solid number two. Corbin? I had time to go and look at this, so uh... – Number four, Bill Battle, fifty nine, twenty two, and two. That's pretty impressive. Very impressive. Number three, Johnny Majors, one hundred sixteen, sixty two, and eight in sixteen years. Three SEC championships, fifty seven, forty, and three in the SEC. So that's not too impressive. The SEC record. So I'd put him at number three. Number two, Philip Former, seventeen seasons, one hundred fifty two and fifty two. 98 and 34 in the SEC all time. His, his, yeah, his winning record is, is crazy. That, like, that's that's some elite level sh- shit right there. Right. <laughs> of course, one national championship, two SEC championships. To, I mean, even in 07, we went to the SEC championship, lost LSU with him, but we still went the closest we've been since then. Right. And number one, Robert Nealon, stadium's named after him. Three stints as a coach. 173-31-12 is his all-time record. Four-time coach of the year. Uh, Seven SEC championships. Seven. Outstanding. And this is this is like he's going to war. He's coming back. He's coaching. He, he he's done that twice, didn't he? Yeah. Like, and every, every time that he comes back. His he, teams he, went a whole – what, almost two years without getting scored on. Yeah, it's just incredible. Which current Tennessee coach in any sport wins a national championship first? You know, tell you who I'm going with? The hype is real. 
it's right now. They're they're batting. They're battling. I'm going with the University of Tennessee baseball program. I think Tony Vitella gets them to Omaha, Omaha, and I think they get that illustrious Omaha College World Series championship. I hope I'm so wrong about this because I really hope we go to Omaha and win the championship. But Josh Heupel is the man. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and Spanky ain't got no confidence in these Tennessee Volunteers this year. I, I never say that. Right you now. sit down. Sit the hell down. For we, we're going to win the national championship this year undefeated. Just like I'm going to win this damn competition every single week. <laughs> oh, son. <laughs> I love it. Look here, son. I can last more rounds in a bedroom one night than you can in a buffet, son. So just sit on down. <laughs> oh, just damn. sit on down. Oh, God, I don't know about sit, that. Sit on down. I don't know about that. You and your left turns and your yee-hawing. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Which Tennessee football home-and-home home matchup would you like to see? I'm going with the team that has the most tradition, has one of the best naming and branding powers in this sport, dating all the way back from the 20s or the 10s. I'm going to go with Notre Dame. Notre Dame. It, the tradition is there. The brand is there. Their fans feel like they are the best in the world. And Trash. you know what? Look, I'll, I'll give Notre Dame some credit. Trash. They know how to get their fans. Because, look, if you are Irish, you are automatically a Notre Dame fan. Just just because. Um, but that's who I would like to see. I'd like to see Notre Dame, Tennessee. And, you know, they had um, the game back in the 80s with Coach Majors getting the upset at Notre Dame. So I think we need to rekindle that. Notre Dame ain't going to schedule nobody like us. They're going to keep scheduling Vice University, UTEP University, all them bum schools, and their fan, and they're going to end up losing to one of them bum schools. And I don't want no part of Notre Dame because I don't like Notre Dame. I don't have no use for Notre Dame at all in football, basketball, baseball, soccer, swimming. It don't matter. <laughs> I will tell you, though, I want to face Michigan in a home-and-home home series just because they built their stadium. Well, they added to their stadium to make it bigger than ours. And that pisses me off. That grinds and, and, gears. And they do. And they think, oh, we got these big old – like a big old fan base that's going to – like we're number one and like wildiness and poldiness. Like, no, you're not. You're nothing next to Tennessee's level. And I'd like to show – I'd like for them to come down here – and see what we can do, and then we go up there and we show them how we do it. Well, we whoop that damn ass. Yeah, the big house don't have anything on Neyland, and if Danny White has it his way, Neyland's going to be much bigger than the big house. Out of pure passion alone, I'm going with Corbin, the reigning champion. I'd like to protest. Door. I'd like to protest. I like passion. And you well, well, look, I'd like to protest. Champion. What are you protesting? I think he's using performance-enhancing items. Either, either. I, I believe he's using performance-enhancing drinks. Whatever he's taking, I, he needs to give you some. That well, was. That I believe was the, he is, and I, I'm still undefeated because I feel like you were using it last week. I'm, not, I'm undefeated. You got to start bringing the heat, Spank. Well, that, I'm sorry. I'm trying to do things the right and honest way because I am a man of my word. I am the man of the people. I'm the man of the hour too sweet to be sour. 
All right, that was the duel presented by Premier Excavation. Corbin is the reigning champion. We'll be right back. Thank you, Premier. Do you have dreams about what your property could be? Whether it's driveways, ponds, septic, new home construction, or even forestry mulching, let us earn your business and make your property dreams come true. Call Premier Excavation at 865-766-9408. You can also find us on Facebook or Instagram. Thank you for supporting small businesses that support you. Again, that's Premier Excavation at 865-766-9408. ZNN Concrete are the professionals you need to call for all of your concrete finishing needs. Driveways, sidewalks, curbs, garage pads, footers, and much more. They can do it all. No job is too big. No job is too small. Give ZNN Concrete a call today. 865-360-6176 residential or commercial that's ZNN Concrete 865-360-6176 and we're back now we've got the Jersey Countdown slash keys to the game presented by DNM Fence Company we're officially under 100 days until it's Tennessee football time um, we're currently on number 87 but we're going to count back to the numbers that we've missed Number 91, I've got Doug, Doug Atkins, one of the best defensive linemen in history, two-time All-SEC, All-American, eight-time NFL Pro Bowler, college and NFL Hall of Fame, SEC player of the quarter century, NFL 100th anniversary team. You can't, you can't go with anybody else but Doug Atkins. Corbin? Same thing, Doug Atkins, I mean. Round robin this thing, I got Doug Atkins too. Yeah, you can't you can't beat what Doug did. I mean, man, imagine trying to throw over a a six foot eight, <laughs> you know, especially back then. Yeah. Hey, who's that one player we got that's got like a seven foot wingspan? Um, I think you're talking about the dude that we just picked up. Um, that that reclassified to come in this class. The Nigerian giant. Yeah. That's what I'm going to call Nigerian, him. I like it. Number ninety. I've got Will Overstreet. Um, played from 1998-2001, two-time team captain, 146 tackles, 22 tackles for loss, 19 sacks, and 49 QB hurries, which is still a program record today. Number 90, who you got, Corbin? Same person. Also two-time All-SEC first team. I got Dominic Bailey. Okay. Um that's who I got. Uh, I know. I try I try to be different every once in a while, but I thought I'd go with Dominic. Today. Yeah. Dominic Bailey, he had a good spring. All right, number 89. I've got Coach Gary Chris. Um, obviously, he was a, a coach at, at my high school for a very long time, done a lot of things for a lot of people. He was wide receiver at Tennessee. He was a starting wide receiver at Tennessee when they won the 1967 National Championship. He also won it in the SEC Championships in 67 and 69. He caught the touchdown pass versus Georgia in 1968 to set up the tie. Um, he caught 11 passes versus Kentucky in 1969 for his career high. High pockets. Gary Chris, that's my number 89. Vaughn Reeves, tight end. Played four years for Tennessee, 44 games, averaged 8.9 yards per game. 
I got I got high pockets as well. I got Coach Chris, um, eighty nine. Like he said, made touchdown catch against Georgia, set up the tie. I know listening to an interview, some of them Tennessee players considered that a win, just setting up the tie right there, which yep. I don't know if that's like kissing your sister. But uh but yeah, I got Coach Chris, legend not only at Tennessee, but also a big time legend here in Cofield as well for all he's done for the community here. Number 88, I've got Tim McGee, All-American, and at the time was the Vols' best pass catcher. Won the 1985 SEC Championship, 123 catches for 2,042 yards in his career with 15 touchdowns, 54 receptions his junior year, and that, that record still has not been broken today. I got Johnny Hudson, played for Tennessee from 1959 to 1962. Picked him because he had a quote one time. He said, my favorite thing about wearing the orange shirt with the 88 was representing the University of Tennessee. I love it. Make a grown man cry, won't um, Number 88, I got uh, Princeton Fant. Uh, got, kind of got a newbie on here, but I got Princeton on there. Nothing wrong with Princeton Fant. Done a, a lot for Tennessee last year, and we're definitely going to miss him this year. Number 87, I'm going current player. I'm going Jacob Warren. Red shirt senior, 6'6", 252 pounds from Farragut. He's played in 41 games for Tennessee, 37 receptions, 416 yards, four touchdowns, great leader. Expecting more from him this season. I had Jacob Warren, too. I mean, remember what he done last year against Florida? Yeah. Pretty damn amazing. I got David Martin. Okay. Player of the 1998 team. Um, like I said, I try to go different here, y'all. I'm, I'm just trying to add a little spice, add a little vibrance, exuction to this podcast. I don't even know if that's a word, but I made it up. You're just make up words. Like you're just sitting around and you're like, why does all these people get to make up words? Why can't I make up a word? So never done that. Never done it. Never done all it. All right, that was our Jersey <laughs> Countdown presented by DNM Fence Company. Coming up next, we've got a full interview with Tennessee star wide receiver, Ramel Keaton. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your man here, the Spank. Like myself, DNM fencing are the best in the business today. They can install wood, chain link, vinyl, picket, composed metal, barbed wire, heck, bring them bamboo sticks, and they can install them things for you too. DNM fencing, do it right the first time. Their numbers are 865. 865- 435-4515 or 865-387-1026. Give my friend Ted a call today. That's DNM Fencing. Here with Ramel Keaton, Tennessee wide receiver, six foot three, one hundred and ninety-five pounds from Marietta, Georgia. Um, he's played in 41 games for Tennessee. Caught 47 passes for 738 yards and four touchdowns. And uh, I'm pumped to have you on here. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing great. What about you, man? I'm doing good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you recently took a trip with uh, with Joe Milton and the Volunteer Club to to the Big Apple. Um, how was New York? Oh, yeah, New, New York was fun. You know, we had a lot of experiences. I don't know if I could live down there, though, because it's just – it's too much going on for me personally. It's just like it takes too too long to get places. Like I don't know how they own cars down there, but right. other than that, yeah, it's just 
other than that, it was real smooth. Um, I've seen a lot of stuff I've never seen before, so I'm thankful for that. Right, yeah, I've never, I've never been. I, I don't think I could live there though. By you know, that'd be a hard adjustment, East Tennessee to to New York. Yeah, um, I like I like the space in Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty good mix of everything, you know, right here. Yeah. Um. So, so what do you like to do besides, you know, besides football? What are your hobbies? Uh, I play Warzone. I might go fishing. Um, listen to music. I don't really do too much, honestly. Okay. Or I might just FaceTime with my girl or something, just not too much, or just go catch or whatever it is. But I don't really do too much. Yeah, I heard. Uh, I heard you like the the jug machine. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, I had yeah. I had Jeremiah on here, and I Jeremiah Crawford, and I I told him that we would have to take a fishing trip if y'all ever want to do it just oh, just yeah. holler at me and we'll yeah we'll go oh, yeah. Gotta do that. real fish trip where, where you like to fish at uh just just the lakes around here um i used to really like catfishing a lot and uh oh. i don't get to do it i got kids now and stuff so i don't get to do it as much but but yeah um just bass fish you know there's i got some some nice ponds around here too so um it's yeah, pretty cool I, just I, like, get... I like bass fishing bass fishing yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to link up for sure yeah. um my personal favorite games of yours last season um was the catch you made game winning drive against alabama um so clutch and then um man the the catch against florida where you dove out um i'm not sure that not to, i mean there's not many players in the country that that make that catch um what, what was your favorite game last season uh, yeah, I would say the Alabama game too because just the atmosphere in that game, like after just being on the field, like I never seen nothing like that. I never experienced nothing like that. So that was like real fun. Like it took me like a out the field, like when everybody just came on, it took me like a <laughs> like. Yeah, we we pretty much just uh, like had a had a post game tailgate because I was like, man, we're never gonna get we're never gonna get out of here. So. Yeah, that was fun. Um, I mean, you you may not feel this way, but but I do. Um, I feel like every news outlet, whether it be local or you know national news, kind of I don't know, they kind of leave you out of the conversation a lot. Um, does this drive you at all, or do you pay attention to it? Well, I know like my granddad does, but like me personally, I don't take like offense to it because you know they're doing their job. Uh, I feel like when they leave like Tennessee out, like when they say like the top three teams might be like Georgia, Bama, like Ohio State or something. They're not talking about Tennessee. I feel like that would drive me more to get right. better because like, you know, we're trying to be the best, you know, win a championship at, at that. So, you know. I got you. Yeah. That, um, I'm, not, I'm not really sure why. I just, um, I mean, you stepped up, you know, you stepped up big last year and, you know, when, when Tillman went down, and I, I love Cedric Tillman, but when, when Tillman went down, everybody was was kind of panicking. And, I mean, offense didn't miss, you know. And, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm just I'm just fired up for you, and it, I don't know. It just bothers me. <laughs> not, you're not getting the, the credit. Um, but you came in in, in 2019. Um, you've seen a lot of change. I'm sure, you know, in four years could – can you just describe the the culture 
you know, when you first come in and then what it's like now with, with Coach Hopple? I mean, you're like, when I first came in, it really wasn't like a lot of people really wanted to do the extra mile. Like, it, it might be guys like Palmer or just like a couple of guys really in the facility, but I peep what Palmer did. And, you know, like, when you start doing that as a team, you see, like, it's like 30 guys in the facility, like, every single day, like, 30 to 50 guys in the facility doing extra work, making sure that they get better. And I feel like that's a part of the culture change. So when everybody gets better individually, like, when we come together as a group, we, like, better as one. So I feel like that's good for us. Um, and I feel like we're we more connected now. Um, like, like, back then, it was kind of, everybody kind of individuals, but now it's like everybody want to reach one goal. You know, we're trying to reach that goal now. So, and no, and nobody's really has a big ego about it either. So I feel like that's real good about it. Right. And that is, it's very, even, even, you know, like Joe last year, um, I mean, the way he, you know, presented himself, the way he talked, he did, you know, just don't act like a, you know, like a backup quarterback, you know, yeah. it's, it's just, like you said, like, and everybody has the same mindset. You can tell everybody's just, just bought in. And, mm. um, what I've, I've had the opportunity to meet coach Pope, um, obviously, <laughs> you know, um, getting coached by him is probably a little bit different, but he seems like, he seems like the perfect mix. Like he can relate to like the younger generation, you know, but at the same time, you know, he's old enough to, you know, be a coach at the same time. So what, you know, what, what's coach Pope like? It's like, uh, it's like a father type of vibe. Like he'll have fun with you, but when it's time to work, you're going to make sure you put the work in. You're going to get serious about it. And I feel like that's a good balance with us. Cause you know, we can joke, but when it's time to get serious, we get serious and everything is detailed. Everything is intentional. You know, we're trying to get better. So I feel like, that that's a good part of him. Um, you know, he he can relate to a lot of stuff too because he played, went to the league and everything, so he understand like the game of football. He understand like what it's like to play receiver. So I really appreciate that. So yeah, he seems he seems pretty pretty straightforward, and you know, um, you know what you yeah. see, what you get, kind of kind of with him. And all the recruits too, they they seem to the wide receiver recruits they seem to really really bond with him too. Yeah, uh, I've got I've got a few people. That I, that I kind of know on the inside um and I know how hard you've been working man um you know behind the scenes and I, I'm fired up to see that that number 80 in the end zone um you know what what can Tennessee fans expect out of Ramel Keaton this year uh, this year I want to be consistent that's the main thing in critical come critical uh, situations uh, making the plays because like last year if you look at the film, like some plays, like in a critical situation, like I, I maybe didn't probably get open or it wasn't clean. It wasn't a clean look for the quarterback. And like Hendon had to like run and make a play. You know, we can't like afford to like do that again. So I got to be consistent, like, and make sure like that side is good for Joe. You know, you're comfortable throwing that way and just being like a leader to the um, new, new people and bring everybody together. So just a consistent leader. Yeah, I love it, man. Yeah, you, you can tell you're just 100% team player, so that, that's awesome. And I think, mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that uh, you know Tillman and Hot, you know they they went in the draft, and I think that's where you're going to be, be too next next year. 
<laughs> but uh, I, pr- I appreciate um, you know you come on. Man, that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, trying to get that. I I love the the whole mindset. Um, you know, of, of the players that that I have got to talk to, and I mean, it, it's steady. Everybody has the same goal, and and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on, man. For sure, for sure, for sure. But, like, we, we got to set up that fishing. Like. And that was our review with Tennessee star wide receiver Ramel Keaton. What's your initial thought, Corbin? I thought it was awesome. Uh, it's awesome that we can get him on the show. Yeah. All these football players on the show. Like, who would have ever thought, like, we could just get sit here and get interviews from all these all-star athletes that Tennessee produces. Right. We got some. We got some big, some more big ones coming too. So. We do, we do, and we'll be revealing them in the next few weeks. We got. My, my, I think my my favorite response is whenever I I kind of talked about him not getting the credit he deserves. Um, he just immediately turns it over to the to the team, you know, and that's just an awesome awesome response. You know, I'm I'm, I'm talking about him personally and him not getting credit for everything that he done for stepping up for Tillman. I mean, the offense didn't miss a beat. And then he just turns it right around to, well, I get mad when the team don't get mentioned and Ohio State and Alabama and Georgia are getting talked about. Yeah, that, that was pretty that was pretty damn good. Good old shot at ESPN, which uh, <laughs> that's how I feel about it, honestly. Yeah. And also well, he uh, talked about uh, having a step up last year when Hooker would have to scramble and everything. Right. Saying we can't let that happen this year. Yeah, it's awesome that he's he's kind of critiquing his play, and you can tell he's kind of talked with talked with the coaches, and obviously studying film. And um, I don't know, he, like it, it. They're not they're not content, and I love it. You know, that's just they're they're not satisfied and they're hungry. And I know, like he he wants more. Yeah, and so. every, everybody can you know just be like, well, that's what it's supposed to be like, and that that's fine. I mean, they're actually they're not saying it; they're doing it. They're actually buying in, and and that's awesome. And we're gonna get a we're gonna get a uh, a fishing trip set up with Vermel, and I think that'd be a lot of fun. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. All right. Well, that was that was our weekly interview presented by no one because we don't have a sponsor for that yet. But we we'll need be, your sponsors, people. We'll be right back. We've got Florida, Alabama, and Georgia or other. And that is presented by CND Tire in Oak Ridge. Are you looking for a place to tailgate this season? Look no further than the Volunteer Club. Free food, free drinks, free games, and an open bar. Yes, I said open bar. Also, you're going to get things like watch parties, shirts, decals, koozies, exclusive video content, special events, meet and greets, etc. You absolutely cannot beat the Volunteer Club for as little as $5 you can join today. Click on my QR code, screenshot my QR code, or message me for a direct link and come tailgate with the best of the best. Go Vols! Next, we have Florida, Alabama, Georgia, or other, presented by C&D Tire in Oak Ridge. I'll pick five crazy stories, and then Spanky and Corbin will guess the state based on the title and explain why they think it's that state. The first one, man charged with throwing a hot dog at a police officer. What kind of hot dog was it? No details on the... No Hebrew National. Like, if it was a... um 
Not just a, not a brat. If it was one of them cheap ones, I can understand. Did it have mayonnaise on it? Not sure on the mayonnaise, but I, if I if I had if I was gonna put money, I would say no on the mayonnaise. Oh, dang. Um, have I told you about the time I threw a piece of cheese on a girl at a party? I got kicked out. I told her her kind didn't belong. And I threw a worm on a girl in high school, and she slapped me like eighty times, and I had to pin her in the door. The girl's yeah. being very mean, so I just threw a piece of cheese. <laughs> All right, who, where you got, uh, Spanky? I got, uh, that seems like an Alabama thing to do. Alabama. Like they got a hot dog shortage. Corbin? Uh, we're going to go with Florida on this one. Corbin is the man at this game. I'm Saint telling you Petersburg, what. Petersburg, Florida. A man was arrested on a felony I'm just charge. I'm Florida. A felony charge after authorities said he threw a hot dog at an officer. Arrest documents say that Jason stole 47 years old was being warned of violating a city ordinance by an officer. Officer said he ignored the warning and continued to sell hot dogs in the road after his street closure permit had already been ended. Stoll was asked to put the hot dogs down, but continued to attempt to sell it before becoming upset and intentionally throwing the hot dog at the officer. He was charged with battery on a law enforcement officer and resisting arrest. Hell yeah. That was a pretty expensive hot dog. That was a very expensive hot dog. Okay, number two. Man steals truck, goes to the Space Force base, and warns of battles between aliens and dragons. I think this one might be self-explanatory <laughs> uh, because I don't know of any space stations in Georgia or Alabama. And this seems like something a Florida man would do. So I'm going to go with Florida. Florida. Corbin? Uh, let's go with uh, Georgia. Go with Georgia. They may have a secret space station buried under the ground there somewhere. A Florida man is accused of driving a stolen vehicle to a Space Force base in Brevard County, Florida, in what he called a mission from the President of the United States. Corey Johnson, 29-year-old, stole a truck from Riveria Beach and drove it to Patrick Space Force Base near the Kennedy Space Center. When Johnson tried to get on base, he claimed the president told him that he needed to take the vehicle and warn government officials that there were U.S. aliens fighting Chinese dragons. (laughs) (laughs) He was arrested and charged with grand theft of a motor vehicle. Definitely Florida. The hell's he yeah. been smoking? I don't know. That's, some, that, that's a good brownie he's got. Yeah, it's some mushrooms or something. I'm not sure what. He got that high dollar stuff, man. Number three, mayor punches city councilman in the face at city council meeting. I don't know with Georgia. They're very aggressive people. They really are. Like, I think they barked at him down there? Yeah, they, for anyone who barks at somebody, you got to be very aggressive. Corbin? Alabama. Alexander City, Alabama. Damn right. <laughs> Mayor Charles Shaw punched Councilman Tony Goss in the face at Monday night's meeting. Goss punched Shaw back and several others then got involved in the fight. The fight occurred after a discussion about firing the city's finance director. An argument followed with discussion with Goss shouting, You're a dictator, you're a liar. <laughs> Well, 
Well, I'll say this. I've been to a lot of Talladega NASCAR races, so it just makes all that sense because I've saw a lot of stupid fights there. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me want, I mean, that dude's, he's got some serious uh, passion for, for the city finance director. Heck, I know of a fight one time happened on the football field because a, a kid from the visiting team was going to punch a referee and then a kid from the home team decides to beat up on the kid who was going to beat up on the referee. <laughs> and it and it led to this big old brawl. I just people fight <laughs> just to fight, I guess. Sounds like me and my brother. <laughs> Number 4, woman strips at family dollar and then attempts to fight police. She sounds like Okay, fun. now this one could be hard because we do know the ratio of family dollars in the south. Like there is at least seven in a hundred mile radius of this location right here. That's Dollar General, not Family Dollar. Hmm. That's Dollar. Did he General. not say that? He said Family Dollar. Family, family Dollar. dollar. Attention to detail, Corbin. That's what I'm talking about. Well, that's why he, he's so good at this game. He probably well, heck, fire like Family Dollar. That they're going out of business. Like Family Dollar uptown, they're turning that into a Family Dollar slash Dollar Tree. Like. They go, they're losing money. They got to joint together. <sighs> Florida, Alabama, Georgia, or other. I'm going to go with Alabama. I ain't said Alabama all day. Georgia. Going with Georgia. Nelsonville, Ohio. <laughs> what? That- I said other. It's Florida, Alabama, Georgia, or other. We went over this last time, Spanky. <laughs> this hat. We've never had another. It was just a, we had nor we had another last time. We had another last time. I've slept since then. All right, it was just a normal Tuesday night in the tiny Ohio town of Nelsonville. That is right up until things got weird at the Family Dollar on East Canal Street. Just after eight thirty p.m., local law enforcement responded to reports of a woman stripping naked in the discount store. Um. She was being combative with the police. It turns out there was yet another suspect on the loose, a second family dollar nudist. The officers found out about the second woman involved and uh, located her and arrested her as well. The first suspect was charged and booked in Ohio Regional Jail. The second suspect was charged. However, they were unable to book her because the jail was full. Ain't no room in the inn. We're going to start hanging out at Family Dollar. You got women running around naked. <laughs> Corbin, Corbin's uh, pinging Nelsonville on his phone right now. And Corbin likes Nelsonville, don't he? <laughs> All right, the fifth one. Man hits woman in large crowd because he was scared for his life. Georgia. I do know this. When it gets dark down in the state of Alabama, that's when you got to be worried about getting assaulted. Especially with firearms. Um, But um, I'm going to go with Alabama. Well, this actually happened in Knoxville, Tennessee. Alabama receiver Jermaine Burton uh, assaulted a Vols fan for visibly no reason. Uh, The reason Jermaine Burton was supposedly. Oh, that was last year. (laughs) (laughs) That was last year. That was last year, wasn't it? I don't know. uh, I was on the field when that happened. Yeah, Nick Saban quoted, I don't know how many of you have been in a situation like that. I talked to him. He was scared. I was scared. Some of our other players were scared, Saban explained. Saban also said they would take care of it internally. And then Burton played the next week. 
That sounds like Alabama players yeah, for you. Scares you just fine. Like I don't. Just hit women. Yeah, there you go. Just hit. Just hit the woman. Just hit hit the hundred pound woman. All right, that was uh, Georgia, Alabama, Florida, or other. Sorry, Spanky. Uh, thank you, my great friend Zach at CND Tire, for letting us do that fun segment. We'll be back to close out the show. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, babe. Hey, y'all, it's the Vol Daddy. The CND Tire Pros are your go to experts for nearly all of your vehicle needs. Located in the heart of Oak Ridge at 164 Fairbanks Road, they've got a 4.8 out of 5 star rating, and that's very hard to do in the tire business. Tire installation, wheel alignment, wheel balancing. Tire rotation, tire repair, brake changes, oil changes, hell, they'll even paint your back porch. I've known Zach since he was in diapers. We went to church together, we went to school together, we played football together. And he's been changing tires since he's been in diapers. Give them a call today, 865-483-7455. Like them on Facebook, that's CND Tire, 865-483-7455. And we're back. We're going to close out today's show. Make sure you follow us um, literally everywhere that there's a social media platform besides like MySpace. Um, at Vols Deep Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. You can listen on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, or anywhere that you get your podcast. Make sure you follow us too. My handle is at Vol Daddy. And that's, that's Vol. You got to say that with your chest. You got to put the W in there. That'll be... A W L D A D D Y Vol Daddy. It's the most excitement we've seen out of him all night. I know it. All right, Corbin, what, give him give him your handles, brother. Uh, you can follow me at uh, thirteen Rogers C on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. You can find me on Tinder. There ain't no D in that, Roger. I mean, you'll give him. No, there ain't no D. You'll no, give him a little D, but there ain't no D in the name, right? <laughs> That's right. No D in the name, but I will give you the D. Oh, my are you God. On, are you on the handout that OnlyFans handle, or are you good right now? Oh, I'm still working on that. I'm it's it's in the process. <laughs> we're going to go with Instagram. We're going to go under, coach underscore spank. That's on Instagram, everybody. Facebook is Austin Swint. I wish Facebook would let me change that. But then on Twitter, it is SpankySwint66. SpankySwint66 on Twitter. And then you can also That's find me. Right there. I know. You can, notes. Al- you can also find... <laughs> <laughs> you can also find me at Joe Kazana Promotions on YouTube and Facebook for all your wrestling event needs. If you... Or anyone you know would like to host a wrestling event or a fundraiser, please give me a contact. I'm glad he cares about that. They don't care about us. Yeah. Yeah. Can we have but, a, can we have a wrestling show in the backyard over here? I don't know. There's some, there, there's a bunch of local promotions that do that, and that's what we call Mud Show. Oh. All right. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you for all of our sponsors. We truly, truly appreciate it. Thank you for getting Vols deep with us. Vols deep, baby.